What up, everyone? Welcome to the Smoke and Tire Podcast, week of July 4th, coming to you in a guest room from my in-law's house today. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by HelloFresh. I love HelloFresh because I love to cook, but everything else around cooking is kind of annoying, just like I love cars, but dealing with the cars is kind of annoying, right? So with HelloFresh, you can choose from 55 or more weekly options, pre-portioned high-quality ingredients picked at peak ripeness. You choose the things you want to make. HelloFresh sends you the fresh ingredients in exactly the right quantities to your door, and then you cook them at home. The recipes are easy to read, the meals take less than 45 minutes to make, and you don't have a whole bunch of food waste because they send you exactly the right amount of stuff. This week, it's the Taste of Summer series, sure to become everyone's new favorite, like Old Bay Shrimp and Sausage Boil and the family-style grilled steak lettuce wraps. Yum! Skip the grocery store and spend more time soaking up the summer sun. HelloFresh Market is a one-stop shop for all of your mealtime needs with quick breakfast, lunches, snacks, dinners, desserts, and more. Going away this summer? Update your delivery address and enjoy HelloFresh at your vacation destination with just a click. The plans are flexible, so they work with you and your changing schedule. The recipes are foolproof, step-by-step, and mean a joyful cooking experience and a stress-free summer. Plus, HelloFresh cuts back on time spent in the kitchen. Time's ready. Time at the market. It is the best. HelloFresh saves you money. It's 72% cheaper than dining at a restaurant and even cheaper than grocery shopping, too. Plus, like I said, no food waste because they give you exactly the right amount of supplies for what you need. I've made a bunch of meals from HelloFresh, and they're really tasty. I like them. I like the the chef's choice ones. I haven't gone for, like, the vegan ones yet because I like meats, but they are great. And, uh, and it really gets me cooking without a lot of the wasted time and headaches of having to go to the store, figuring out what to make. And it helps me uh, make new stuff that I wouldn't otherwise uh, make. Because the ingredients are all right there, it makes it very easy. So go to HelloFresh.com slash smoking tire 16 and then use code smoking tire 16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts hellofresh.com slash smoking tire 16 code smoking tire 16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts hellofresh is the jam check it out kids also brought to you today in part by masterworks zach and i got some masterworks shares It's the platform for investing in contemporary blue chip art. Blue chip art means art by people you've heard of even if you don't know that much about art, right? Like Picasso, Banksy, Basquiat, Monet, Warhol, that kind of stuff that normally only the super, super rich billionaires get to buy. Billionaires have been quietly diversifying their portfolios with art for years, beating the stock market beating other investments, and now Masterworks allows regular folks like me and you in that game as well, democratizing the art market by allowing anyone to buy and sell fractional shares in high-value works of art. Masterworks buys the art, files it with the SEC as a public offering, and then members buy and sell shares, right? And then when Masterworks sells the art, they distribute the return to the investors. They sold three paintings since 2017, each earning over a 30% net IRR to investors. 
It's pretty cool, actually. I, I made an account, and I bought some shares in a Banksy. It was easy. It was quick. And I can't wait to get paid. The art market performs better during periods of inflation than other traditional investments. And uh, it's, it's pretty cool, actually. Two-thirds of billionaires allocate 10 to 30% of their portfolio to art. So you can get in this game, too. My friends at Masterworks are giving my viewers priority access to skip the wait list. Go to masterworks.com and use promo code TIRE. That's masterworks.com, promo code TIRE. And check out the important Regulation A disclosures at masterworks.io slash CD, right? Go to masterworks.com slash TIRE, skip the line, check it out. I'm in the game, and you can be too. We're also brought to you in part today by our favorite folks in the world, off the record. These guys help you exit the economy that is speeding tickets. Because it's not just tickets. It's insurance, too. You get busted doing something that would be considered totally normal on the road every day, going a couple miles an hour over, and you're now in this ecosystem of fines, insurance, rate hikes, court costs, and all kinds of stuff. Don't plead guilty. Hit up Off the Record. Go to offtherecord.com slash TST or download the Off the Record app and use code TST10 on the app. We'll give you 10% off all your legal services for three years at Off the Record, right? Offtherecord.com slash TST or code TST10 on the Off the Record app. We need to save you 10% on any any services you book through Off the Record from basic speeding tickets all the way up to uh, DUIs and uh, more uh, egregious violations. You still don't want to plead guilty to that kind of stuff. I'm certainly not pro-egregious violation by any means, but that doesn't mean if you get stopped, if you get busted, that you should just plead guilty and roll over and die. No, use Off the Record anywhere in America. Off the Record covers 97% of the population of the U.S. Chances are they will cover you. And if they don't get the points off your record, money-back guarantee, folks. Offtherecord.com slash TST or code TST10 on the Off the Record app. And I hope you all are having a great 4th of July weekend. Be safe out there, folks. Be safe with Off the Record. All right. On this show, we are wrapping up our coverage of the Pikes Peak Hill Climb. We've got a few drivers to interview down at the start line. And then we're going to bring it back to the studio afterwards and wrap up uh, the coverage of the race, talk about the results, the race itself, how it all went on the Smoking Tire podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the studio. Spent the last week in uh, Colorado Springs for Pikes Peak. It was rad. And uh, before we got out of there, we enjoyed the race. We recorded three podcasts there. Uh, The first uh, is up now was interviews with drivers on practice day, uh, as well as watching some practice from the Glen Cove pit area. The next show that will be up uh, well, by the time most of you hear this, but for if you're watching live tomorrow, is an interview with Reese Millen and Joey Seeley about uh, their strategy and they're going for the uh, to go sub nine minutes uh, in the race. Also, we got to go with Acura factory driver James Robinson. Robinson, right? mm-hmm. James That's Robinson, correct. yeah. Uh, and he showed us uh, how to drive 
his his line how to really go up the hill i recommend maybe watching that one uh, the video version of that one as opposed to just the audio because he's pointing things out um it's probably still enjoyable from an radio only perspective but it's probably helpful if you watch video yeah uh and then then we recorded some interviews in the pits and we attended uh the race itself which had some very adverse weather conditions there was rain there was fog there was very low visibility it was suboptimal and what we're going to do now is throw it to the pits uh, with our f-150 lightning mobile podcast studio we're going to talk to uh, david donner who's racing a 992 turbo s almost stock we're going to talk to uh, bimmer world driver james clay uh, we talk a little bit to johnny and jeff again and who else did we get in there musto musto. musto was in attendance our old pal musto and uh, we're going to go chat with those guys back in colorado springs the day of the race and then we'll come back to the studio and talk about the actual race results and what happened on the hill so we'll see you in a few minutes let's go to colorado springs morning everybody we're in the pits we got david donner who with whom we are uh, sharing a uh, a pit stall today yes and uh in the interest of cooperation we've uh we've made sure that you get to tell your story no i'm kidding um you, <laughs> From you the actually beginning. no you have a really interesting story because you're going for a uh Although, you know, with the wet roads, there may not be any record setting today, but you're racing a completely stock 911 Turbo S with a cage. Right. Tell me about your mission, David. So this is a 22 Porsche Turbo S, as you mentioned, 992. And, uh, yeah, it's full production. You can make a few changes, mainly safety, full row cage. It's just a cage and a seat, basically, A cage right? and, a, and a fuel cell. Oh, a fuel cell. And the okay. exhaust is open, but, uh, you know, no muffler, but... It's, it's, it's stock, you can't modify anything else. Um, so it's what our mission was to set the production car record, which currently Bentley holds with uh, Reese, Reese Mellon. And he Reese broke my old record, so. But wait, this is a different, cause we just talked to Reese and, and last year or the year before he was in a Bentley race car. Did that count? No, that was the race car. That okay. was a year before that. The year that. before that, was the he GT, was in a, okay, speed, GT speed or something? Yeah, not the SUV. Oh, okay. Yeah. So well, he, he, he went at 10, 18, which is fast. Um, so our mission is to break that. Like you just said, with the road conditions, that's questionable. Yeah. So we don't know. You just came back from the driver's meeting. Um, the weather's been not looking great all day, but what's the, what's the latest on weather? Well, the latest is that there is no ice on top. So they're looking at a full course run, which that's, that's huge. That's the first, so that's the, the potential's first still there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that is about 39 degrees, which is, you know, that's normal. That's warm actually for the top. It's yeah. 55 about halfway and, uh, medium conditions, you know, wet in spots. It's, it's, it's wetter down below at the, at the lower part. But, you know, at this point, it's one of those things. You just drive it as you see it. Um, the car's got way too much power to, <laughs> I mean, if you stand on it, it'll light them all four up. Yeah, so, in the wet, wow. in the wet. Yeah, certainly. so I'm what, gonna have what to feel that out. Are you guys, are you guys so using? we're going with. Uh, I don't know yet. That's why there's no tires <laughs> on the car. Oh, you, but you have a choice. You I have a choice. Yeah, you we have, have a choice. A, we have sort of a. Well, they have to be DOT. So right. No, but it's not so like a, it requires you to run a certain. No, tire. so we have a sort of a track tire that's uh -huh. DOT legal. Um, that works great with a with good conditions, uh, dry conditions, and then we have another a rain tire that's. Uh, Heavy, I mean, heavy tread, much slower, yeah. but 
be safer. But it'll 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 yeah. keep you on the road. So we're yeah. we're flipping that coin any minute now. Uh-huh. What time of day are you running? Do you know? So this race starts at seven thirty. So we probably have about we're the last exhibition car. Okay. So we probably have a, over an hour. So I didn't finish on the weather thing. They said there's a window up till eleven or twelve, and then she's letting loose. Ooh. Okay. Man, so, bad. All right, you so. know, with loose conditions, there could be some offs, which cause delays. Yeah. In so, the, in the years you've done this, how much has that weather window played a factor? Like, is everyone nervous well, going, I hope I get the sunny spot? Yeah. I mean, typically it's Colorado in the summer. So, you get, without this front, you would normally get a, a weather after lunch, you know, say one o'clock, two o'clock, the thunderstorms start building and maybe a little sprinkle, but it's just, it's, it's a, it's a little yeah. bit of a gamble. If you run, in the years where it's, let's say, nicer weather, if you ran first, is it too cold? Like, do you want like a 9 a.m. start? Yeah, you want eight? you want a little bit of road temperature because otherwise it just pulls it right out of the tires. It, yeah. um, that, that's optimal, but you know what? You kind of give, uh, get what, whatever you're given yeah. or yeah. dealt. In, so. the, in the past, you've uh, you've driven a variety of different, different right. cars here. Right. How does this, you know, but basically bone stock <clears> Turbo S, <throat> Uh, compare to that stuff in terms of performance? Well, I guess the biggest advantage for me is that I've never raced a all-wheel drive car, uh-huh. and it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. It's with, with 156 turns, and numerous of them, are, many of them are uh, switchbacks, hairpins at 30 miles an hour. All-wheel drive feels a lot quicker coming out. Yeah. And if it's slick like this, it'll It'll really it'll hook up. Yeah. And yeah. also, I have, you know, the, I guess I call the aids, the nanny controls off, so I can feel it with my foot. Yeah. You know, I might leave stability control on just to watch. Yeah, and you, just, could, you could change it in the middle of the run yeah, if you want. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, you know, I think the all-wheel drive is big. The four-wheel steering is big. Because yeah. the, in the, the hairpins, the car oh my rotates God, so well. You're not fighting it. Um, yeah, I, I think it's – I don't want to give all the good things how quickly work. Did you, <laughs> you know, How quickly did you adjust to an all-wheel drive car? Well, you, you know, you kind of, as they say, it, it's going where it's pointed, so uh, be aware. <laughs> but it, but in, in practice, I know in the dry, I mean, I had some nice four-wheel drifts where you could stay in the power, and it just launched. So, I mean, it's a cool feeling when you yeah. get through the corner right and, you know. These, these cars are so fast. They're so fast. <laughs> um, the power is extraordinary. I mean, I... I ran a GT2 RS Club Sport, which there are a couple in the race this year, um, two years ago, and actually I won, yeah. and it, it still has the record. And this car is only a few seconds off that car's times. Yeah. So, you know. And it's a, it's a street car. It, it's, it's, not a street a, it's a street car, but, factory race you car. know, technology improves things. And, yeah. you know, and I'm pushing it hard. I mean, it's not like, you know. It's doing it by itself. Yeah. But it's fun. It's a really fun car. Are there any other, um, you know, this race is about time necessarily. It's not necessarily about position. Right. Especially for what you're doing. It's you you versus the mountain and a a stopwatch. Totally. So are there any other totally stock cars that that are running? No, there there is an Acura, an NSX. Oh, the NSX guys, yeah. But he's got a little bit of a variation. He's not going for the same record as us mm-hmm. so i think he's running slicks yeah um randy popes in the uh tesla oh that thing has a park bench on the back that, that thing is <laughs> whacked out but i mean that's the closest thing but yeah there's really nothing stock oh there's a uh, shelby right next to us oh yeah there uh, is right yeah yeah so okay you know he leaves the line and the tires 
don't hook up for that like half a That is going to be a difficult. Is it a 500? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's that's a hot gonna one. That's going to be a tough car to it's drive on this mountain. I mean, it's, it's a beast. A, it's fast, but that's a big car. Oh, it is. Rear wheel drive. I mean, that's a tough car to drive. But to have the Porsche do what it's done to this point is incredible. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, am truly impressed. The technologies in this car yeah. lend themselves to canyon speed yeah. right. uh, really well. It does. Yeah. It's got the ceramic brakes, which... You know, the brake pedal feels a little different to me because it's, it's uh, electronic. Yeah. You know, it's like by wire. So that's interesting. So the brake pressure is different than a race car. So I've, I've had to adapt to that. i got to have sort of ballet feet. It doesn't like, <clears throat> excuse me, quick movements. You know, you have to be delicate with it. What's your favorite uh, section of the course? I like the lower section. You do? Yeah. I mean, the Ws are fun. They're challenging. The top's kind of fast and scary <laughs> with big yeah. drop-offs yeah. and... And blind bumpy, corners really bumpy. and bumpy and it, it's it basically wants to just throw you off the mountain so yeah. you, it's like a bull riding a bull yeah and you just want to get through the session yeah the, the lower section seems almost closest to a road course like yeah it's flow, a road course it's got super flow you know you're just in a rhythm and it's yeah. just over before you know it you know you just fly so i like that um but it's you just sort of put it all together like a puzzle there's i look at it as three pieces I take a deep breath after every session or a section, and then you know, you got you know the goal is to get to the top. So yeah. if you're not getting to the top, what you're not doing it. Yeah. Even if you're slow, you got to get to the top. Of course, of so. course. I just I want to ask you something completely random. It has it has very little to do with racing. But Zach and I were at dinner last night discussing the O2 onboard uh, stickers on the car. So you, you run the little oxygen going into the helmet or is that a I'm, just in case? No, I, I run it. I, I'm from Colorado. I live at 6,000 feet, so I don't necessarily need it. But I've measured my uh, blood oxygen level. Yeah. And it does stay higher if you use oxygen. Uh-huh. It stays in the higher 90s because it you get a little winded. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound like you would, even if you're in shape. You get a little winded well, on a run. Yeah. It's a very light flow. I have it going through my helmet. I don't like wearing the nose thing. Oh, it so it just puts, pumps it right into yeah, the helmet? Yeah, pumps it in the helmet. Oh, nice. Is, is it optional or required? It's optional. It's optional. Totally yeah, right. recommended. But it's on a regulator, and you can do a light flow. So um, that's just, you know. Jeff's brought the dog. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the Bernese Mountain Dog. Good yeah. morning, Jeff. How are you, sir? Um, thanks, David. We really, we really appreciate guys. you uh, sharing not only your time but your pit stall with us it's here. It's great to have yeah. you here. And, thanks uh, for we both. Were, you, yeah. you let us in on this. So. Oh, this is, no, this is yeah, a great we're happy thing. to have you in your and, uh, with your frunk. I'm glad, yeah. Yeah. It's awesome, right? <laughs> and I'm glad we get to have a race. Yeah. First off, right. I mean that was up in the air and totally. And I hope we see a record broken. If you do it in the wet, that would be crazy. Well, they'd sell a, not a lot of 992 Turbo S's if you do it in the wet. <laughs> yeah, no that's kidding. asking a lot, but I'm just going to drive it and see what happens. Yeah. So we'll see you on the way back down. All right, guys. Thanks, thanks a very lot. much, David. Thanks. Appreciate it. Safe, David though. Donner. We'll keep it moving at the start line of Pikes Peak. Mike Musto in the house. How many times have you been to Pikes Peak, Musto? Uh, this is my first time to Pikes Peak, ever. And you didn't call us. Dude, no, I didn't tell anybody. I was like, I'm just showing up. Get I'm your not, mic a little closer. I'm yeah. not working. All I want to do is experience it and. You're like an old ninja. You're That's like, it. Just chill. Stealth mode, man. Purely chilling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what are you liking so far? What are you seeing? I, I, I mean. I was overwhelmed. Like, we went when we did FanFest. I didn't expect, like, 35,000 people. Yeah, yeah, um, That was huge. That was, like, 10 blocks. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I will not miss this again. I really like it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a good combination of, like, very hardcore professionals and, like, grassroots, home-built sketchiness. Like, yeah. 
There's some real sketchy oh, builds here. We were walking around in the pits before, and you know, you look at some of the stuff, and you're like, you're, you're going to drive that at speed yeah. with, on a cliff with no rails? Like, yeah. is that smart? Yeah, you should see how some of these things get out of the hole. I mean, like some of these home-built cars yeah. that are just tubes and a twin-turbo yeah. V8, yeah. I mean, they squat and get squirrely as hell. It's really nuts. And yeah. it's really, really wild. They just really kept the wild. dirt car and then just put street well, tires like, on it. I've yeah. used this comparison, it's but it's like a bunch of plumbing equipment with 900 horsepower yeah. attached to it. You're like, well, we, One yeah. of the sketchiest cars that we've, sketchiest-looking cars that we've seen they, they told us the story of it, which is that the, the guy driving it used to race motorcycles here until, oh they, said, until, until they said no more. Yeah. And so this is, you know, yeah. the next riskiest thing you could possibly do. What, what I like about it is you have, you have privateers, you have professional teams, you have everything. And it's, just, it's so different from any other event. Yeah. yeah. It's just... Yeah, so we, so we got to ride up the mountain yesterday with uh, James Robinson, who races okay. for Acura. And I was just asking, like, how the vibe is here for yeah. him. And he said it doesn't feel like road racing because no one feels serious. He's like, people yeah. are assholes. No one's trying to, like... Well, <laughs> well that's that. We'll try. Pause. It's, it's, it's got a grassroots feel to it. Everyone's yeah. kind of in it together because they're not, like, wheel-to-wheel racing. You right. Know? And it's so dangerous that there's, like, a camaraderie about it. Yeah. So uh, they just I, just fired up the 992 Turbo S next to us. Mm-hmm. It's stock, but it don't sound it. Uh, no, uh, we'll have to we'll have to evaluate later if this is usable audio. Yeah, yeah this might not be for sale. Yeah. I not. mean, we are at a paddock. What what do we expect, really? Yeah. Um, but you're over hanging out with the Bilstein guys. Yep. And they're they've got a, a wide body Hellcat uh, Charger. Yep. Wesley Motorsports built it. It's a wide body uh, red eye Charger, about 900 horsepower. Fully done up, fully caged, uh, about 4,500 pounds. That is the worst possible choice I could think of for a race like this. You know what? You haven't even been up the mountain. No. So one one of the things that you you observe very quickly about Pikes Peak is that teams, they don't do trailers. They do rollbacks. Yeah. They do these really short tow vehicles yeah. because of the hairpins yeah. and your wheelbase really matters here. You know what, dude? So- <laughs> Oversteer, that solves so, that problem. So Kevin Wesley, who built the car, he's been running this since 2016, started off in ACR Vipers, and I, I've seen him wheel these cars. I think everybody that watches him wheel a car like that, this Charger, they'll be like, oh my god. But is it is it large? Yeah, it's, I mean it's it'll be all right. Though. It's, I mean, you can, it's large. That car could drive the route normally. Yeah, I mean so it, it's it just can. It's just, yeah. it's just it you know big. it's just not. I, I, it well, let's, seems let's like seems like you're digging a hole to dig yourself out of a little he, bit. He's next riot. to the factory Shelby team, the yeah. GT five hundred. They're not having it much easier. He's forty five seconds faster. That's a lot. Wow! Oh, that's Some of the differentials wow. that we hear, yeah. you know, we were uh, we were talking um, to to Johnny Lieberman here. He's in the the, the Porsche, mm-hmm. uh, the Pikes Peak Trophy, which yeah. is basically spec Cayman GT4. Yep. And uh, Cam, our friend Cam Ingram from Road Scholars has a lot of experience racing those cars, yeah, and also a lot of experience here. Sure. And Johnny's a rookie, and they're in the same car, and they're the sector time, which is a third of the course. The other day, yeah. Cam was 21 seconds faster yeah. than Johnny. Wow. And I'm not, I, Johnny told me, like, I'm not trying to crap on Johnny. Not at all. He, he's a rookie. Yeah. You know, and Cam is very fast and it owns his own car, knows his car, and yeah. races a car, that and car races a that lot. car, yeah. right. you know, yeah. wheel to wheel. And so he has a lot of experience, but 21 seconds in the same car on that's, a, a third of, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's of a the lot. circuit, that's a lot. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a bit, there can be a pretty big spread yeah. with experience and, and, yeah. On top of your choice of car. 
that what they just fired up is uh, this that, open wheel. That thing is, yeah. It, it has, looks like an Indy car. Look how many, that has five wings on the it wing. Has, it has, look at the tires on it. It almost looks like it's got dirt tires in the front and yeah. red tires even, on the back. I yeah. think they use those to move it on and off the trailer because okay. it's so low. Otherwise, they have not let go of the dirt days. Yeah. That would be a terrible tire choice. Yeah, yeah no, there, there's cars that are just deeply death trappy here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah. Well, I think you have, it's a different breed of people that race this. Like, I don't know if I could race this. Oh, you know I what I mean? It. I don't, like... I would do it when I'm 50, and I have lots of years of, like, other racing under my belt. Well, I am 50, sure. and I still don't know if I do it, only because I want to make it to 51. That's it. You You're know? a lot more responsible than I am. We I just, that. like, I, if I put myself in Johnny's shoes, imagine, you know, training in the sim, training in the yeah. car the track day, having beautiful sunny days for practice, and then here. getting here, and it's a thick fog... It's slippery, slippery wet, yep. and possibly freezing on the top. Yeah. And then you just go, well, I haven't trained for any of that. <laughs> I might as well have not done anything. It's not in the book. You know, it's not like, in the book. It's like playing ice hockey with sneakers. Yeah. You're like, this isn't going to work. I didn't practice this part. <laughs> Shit. That is fair. Yeah, you that's know, very fair. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's cool, though. I mean, it's just, it's. But that's why I think it's important me at least to have other racing experience because maybe you have racing in the rain experience yeah if you came here and this is like your first i, I don't know if johnny, johnny lives in la he don't race in the rain no no there's no rain yeah. done some lemons mother stuff I mean, this is a big jump this is a big jump yeah. yeah i mean and and i feel like we you know we have a lot of a fast canyon driving experience yeah. so so that helps in part yeah you know uh but in terms of managing you know bumps in the road yeah. and and that kind of stuff but it's another level, man. Yeah, another the, level. More, the more I look at these drivers and you watch the videos and stuff like this, I remember Brock Yates had a, a junior had a quote one time. He's like, you know, I look at my skill and like I think I'm competent on a racetrack. And you compare it at a one out of ten, and you see what a ten driver can really do. Yeah. And then you go back and you're like, well, I'm a three. Yeah. 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 You know, like I'm a hard maybe two point seven five. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hundred percent. It just puts everything in perspective. Well, and that's you know. Um, Ken Block was gonna, you know, his car broke. Yeah. And okay, but, but he was gonna. He had, he raced here in a Subaru in the in the nineties yeah. or early two thousands when it was all dirt. Yep. And he was gonna run up the hill. And, and Ken is an excellent driver, yeah, yeah. no question. He was gonna run up this hill in this fucking gnarly, untested, freshly built car. Yep. And then we went to interview Reese uh, Millen and yeah. Joey. Reese has raced here 26 times, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and people were putting pressure on Ken yeah. to beat Reese. And you just, you after talking with both of them, you go, well, that was never going to no. happen. No. You know, it just could, the, the math wasn't there. Right. He was putting Steven Seagal against, like, anyone know, who Lesner actually does martial arts. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, it wasn't yeah. a fair um, showdown, yeah. No, but now that we know, now that Zach and I know what to do, yeah, because we, I, I had never been here before. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Right. So now we actually can have a bit of a better plan. Right. For next time, for where to be and when to get places, yep. how to not spend two hours this morning sitting in traffic. Well, so did you? Oh, so coming up, there was the two lines of traffic, right? There was the one line on the left that everybody was stopped in. Yeah. Doing that because the right lane was completely open. And then did you we just dive in, in? Yeah, we oh. went right into the right lane. Went past everybody. I don't think you're supposed to do that. No, no, no we did it. You made a U-turn? <laughs> yeah. Got to the light, did the jersey slide, oh. right over in the left lane. Yeah, you probably saved about an hour. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. You, yeah, all right. I mean, you're you not supposed to do that, that, but no, right. okay. No, I was that guy. 
No, yeah, it, I'm fine. It was very, we got, uh, my life in LA primed me for taking two hours to go 16 miles this morning. Well, it turned out, yeah. I mean, like, uh, Pete Stout, he said they left at 2.30 in the morning and they only got it here 15 minutes before us. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. No. So actually, we had the right decision. Yeah, well, so we you guys right. parked, like, you're in the upper line, right? Well, we, we we're... We down and walked a mile up. You know what's supposed to be here? The Huna Pegasus. Uh, this yeah, is, we we're in Ken's spot, uh, dude. Well, I don't, like, I wish Ken was here. Yeah. Uh, it's not cool well, that he's not, us, but... I was like, how'd you guys get well, in the spot? Well, no. after some drinks, we, <laughs> it was like... You he got, offered his parking spot. He's like, email the guy. Yeah. I'll give me the spot. We got Patim drunk. And he goes, <laughs> we got Patim drunk. drunk. Yeah. And he goes, I'm going to give you my spot. Okay. Yeah. And I go, okay. And he hands, pulls out his phone with an email pulled up. He goes, tell this person I'm giving you his spot. And I typed the email to the guy. And it was like, okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Otherwise, it's very expensive to park in the pit for yeah. media. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. We, we, th- we got this spot out of luck, not because we're cool or prepared or anything. But you got it. That's yep. all the that matters here. Oh, Dude, we're here man, now. It's all about seizing those moments, baby. That's all, dude. <laughs> yeah. the, all the important moments happen at the bar at yeah. Pikes Peak. Is it like opportunity prepared to meet, and that's what you get something. Yeah, that's definitely. how you get a parking spot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Totally. I was sober enough to type a coherent email, and but Tim <laughs> was not sober enough to not offer. <laughs> so when are you guys leaving? Do you leave it tonight? Do you leave it yeah. tomorrow? Tonight. Yeah. We're going to have to figure out how to get out of here and make a flight. What time is your flight? 740. The same. Where are you flying out of? Denver. Oh, we're doing the same thing, flying out of Denver. Yeah. You want to ride? Yeah, no, I got a Toyota. Oh, little how rental, unfortunate. Rental, um, rental All right, well, the race is going to start in yep. seven minutes. All right. We're going to try and get some drivers before they go off. We just saw Paul Girard. He's going to come do a few minutes of radio with us. Cool. He's driving a very gnarly-looking car with no traction control, full Le Mans brakes, 1,200 horsepower. Terrifying. And it weighs 2,200 pounds. It's like, a Vol- it's like the Valkyrie. Yeah, basically. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Musto can read his work at Hemmings. He's going to be wandering. Uh, he's going to be going doing some fun things with his Daytona. And, uh, yeah, Mopar Nation, baby. <laughs> when the Daytona's done, you 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 and Zach have to be the first two to review it. Okay. Yes. Yep. Because yes, you, sir. you reviewed it first. You were the first one to ever review that car 15 years ago. 2011. Yep. So you have to review it second generation. For first sure. One. For sure. All right. Next in a booth. Two for one. Johnny Lieberman's going up in uh, eight to ten minutes. No, but I just better get back over there. Oh, okay, they're gonna, cool. They're going to start giving us instructions. I go after the exhibition class. Oh, nice. So, But Randy hasn't rolled out yet, so he's kind of my – I can see him from my pit. The rain is slowing things down a little bit. And we got James Clay from Bimmer World. Uh, Bimmer World. I don't know why I couldn't pronounce that <laughs> I like properly. That. I like that. Thank you for joining us, sir. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me here. His car is – Bananas. Yeah. This E36 with a twin turbo V8 in it uh, out of a current M5, right? Or that uh, one gen previous, back? Previous gen M5, yeah. Dude, so much arrow. So let me ask you, what's it like to have power up here? <laughs> <laughs> How much power do you have? Uh, we we calculate uh, about 1250 at the wheels based on our boost. Whoa. 1250. <laughs> 1250 top yes. to bottom. At the wheels. At the wheels. Oh, oh my at God. At the wheels, I have probably under 200 at the <laughs> yeah. top. We ca- Scott Evans, where he was, he calculated 252 horsepower at the peak. Yes. Assuming everything's, you know, 
going well. So I, I did that before. I did an NA car before this, and be careful what you ask for. Because the first time I showed up, we did, we did all our testing on this, uh, like, stock motor. There was, like, 800 horse uh, at the crank. And so back that down for the mountain. But we didn't. So the first time I was on the big motor was on the mountain. And the first day, you know, you wake up at 3 o'clock, 3.30, you know, coffee. You know, how am I going to get myself going? Well, 1,200 horsepower oh, kicking into your back really kind of gets you going in the morning. We saw you uh, practicing at Glen Cove uh, two days ago on Friday. Uh-huh. And that thing gets out of the hole hard. <laughs> it was squirrely as a motherfucker in first gear. <laughs> How do you how do you keep the power down? Do you have any electronic traction aids? We've you know it's a, it's an E36 so late 90s car but we've got all the goodies. So we have uh, Bosch Motorsport ECU traction control. We've got Bosch ABS. We've got you know all the things. So yeah, and does it smell like crayons? That's the most important. Of course thing. it does. Of course it does. <laughs> so it's still an E36. All right. Yeah. Do, do you E36. have wet tires? I have wet tires. I have dry tires, and the boys hand grooved some intermediate Hoosiers yesterday. So I think we've got the whole menu, which then then of course means you have to pick which one yeah. you want. So, so. Our, our Johnny doesn't get to choose. <laughs> well, our strategy is you literally write the word rain on the existing tire and that converts it magically to a rain hey, tire. Hey, rain tires. Yeah, I was talking to Yokohama like, you know what? You guys probably make a rain version of this, huh? You're a big company. You got a yeah. big trailer. Like, how about like how about six sets? Sharing the wealth. And they're like, bit. literally, they're like, that's a good idea. <laughs> Maybe next year. I'm like, I haven't thought of that. before, right? How many so. times have you done this event? Uh, this will be my fourth time. Fourth time, okay. Nice. And how were the conditions in the previous three? So first two conditions were awesome. We uh-huh. ran to the top. We, uh, you know, I, I got my run in before it went kind of went to shit in the first year. Uh, same in the second year. Last year was the first time with this car on the mountain, and we only ran to, to Devil's Playground. So that was kind of the shortened race. And, you know, same. It's like deja vu. You walk into this day, and it's like the same thing over again. It's snow. It's whatever. So it was le- practice perfect before last year, all the – you know, we get, we got rain one day in practice, okay. and you know, so I'll run in the rain today, obviously. But in practice last year, you look at that and you're like, well, no, I'm not going to risk the car in the rain. Why would I do that? Because I had seven days of literally perfect weather. We had fog for one run; it burned off by six a.m. up top. We were earlier. We were talking to uh, David uh, Donner, yeah, and I was like, yeah, you know, I was like, imagine being your first your first year here, all the sim time you put in, all the track time, all the practice runs. And then it's like, you can't see, it's wet, it's cold. You're like, I didn't practice for any of this. Did you ever turn weather on on the sim when you were training? No, No, in fact, fact, the sim comes pre-programmed for like a slightly colder asphalt. And it's annoying because you get cold tires on a sim. You're crashing anyways because I hate sims. So I'm like, let's make the temperature 80 degrees and I'm on slicks on the sim. So no, I have... No reference points. Yeah. Yeah, oh your, James, your uh, your background is more road racing, right? right. Uh, standard tracks. Don't worry. Well, this will be fine, even with the nine nine two running. Um, how do you prepare to come up here? Uh, so, under normal conditions in the dry, you know, it's just it's road course stuff. You just make sure you build a platform and then build progressively. Um, you know, unfortunately, in the rain today, you just you know it's you got to be safe. Like there's no there's no time for making it to like two corners before the end. You got to make it to the end. So. Are you going to turn your power down? Uh, no, okay. I'm not. Cool. <laughs> because, because I have traction control and I have a right foot that still works pretty well. Okay. And if I want the power, I want it there. I want you know it, I'm going to hold it flat. I, we're we're going to be going fast. It's just we got to be careful some places. Do you use this car for anything besides this? Do you road race this car at no, all? No, this car was purpose built for this. Well, um, it as a combine to you know pick up corn right, in the summertime. Right. You know we help the the municipality to, uh, you know in the winter. So you know I do have some experience in the snow pushing the streets for them. So 
That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, the car is just, it's, why, like, why start with an E36 to go this far off the deep end with it? So, uh, we it, came here in 2017, and I had a naturally aspirated E92 M3, V8 M3, and, you know, I, I knew I needed turbos, and I knew, based, you know, just, this is how I do it. I it's, also know I need turbos. I've never <laughs> run the race yet, but I'm It's totally, not a secret, right? Yeah. Or maybe it was. I mean, yeah, you yeah, really you need to figure it out real fast. Sitting there on those straights, it's just, especially, real quick, because the, the, the GT4 is like a momentum car. Right. So when you do inevitably screw up, you have no, nothing. Yeah. And you got if it 25 drops below seconds, four grand, you got nothing. And you got 25 seconds before there's a first gear corner. And yeah. so you're just like, oh. It's painful. Lots, lots of time to think about it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, better, I better bounce. Okay. Um, I got to go. Have a I good crash. race, dude. Yeah, thanks, man. We'll thanks. see you afterwards. Thanks for being have here. Fun. Be see safe. You afterwards. Enjoy All those right, rain tires. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. Okay, wait, yeah. so how did you end up with this E36? So, you started with a 92. started with a natural aspirated car, and I, I'm pretty good about going down the rabbit hole. You know, at, as a Bimmer World owner, and we deal with lots of race car builds and race car Turns customers. Turns out you have access to parts. We have access to parts, but, you know, I I, the, you know, I tell all of our customers, like, let's plan this thing out. Let's know where we're going so we only spend money once and do it once the right way. How often do you listen to that advice? I listen to it none for myself, <laughs> as it turns out. So we, so we knew we were going to build this car, and the first Bimmer World race car was an E36. And so I thought, okay, it's my favorite BMW chassis. You know, it's kind of an homage to what we do as a company. So we started E36. And then, like, every year we we, we knew we weren't going to make it because the build just got bigger and bigger. We were like, oh, well, now we have time to do this. And then we didn't make it. Well, now we have time to do this. So that's how we got here. Yeah. Is there any real E36 left under there? Man, I have door handles. I have door strikers. I have taillights. Um, I did have roundels, but we had to replace those with decals this year. So body panels now are carbon? Yeah. It's, it's full carbon. It but is the Huna Pegasus of BMWs. <laughs> it's full carbon. When you asked how much is left and he started with handles, I thought you were going to say quarter panel somewhere. No, no, no. No, that's why I started with door handles. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a teaser. <laughs> do you, everything on that car, do you sell on, at Bimmer World? Could someone uh, build that car themselves? Man, nobody wants to build this car. This is a this is a one-off. We have all the molds. We have all the templates. We could do it, but nobody wants to do this. Yeah. Wow. What Very are the impressive. other the uh, the other cool BMW here? This E30. Yes. Is I, I think it no present company excluded. And my my apologies. The E30 that's here might be my favorite car here because it's it's also very far from an E30 and yet. It's totally an E30. It's got a dual clutch out of an M3. The engine's knocked back like half a foot. It's got a monster turbo on it. It looks so squirrely all the time. And it's, it's amazing. so gnarly. So that's Tim Hardy's car. And Tim Hardy and his group of guys, you know, the coolest thing to me about that is, it, you know, this, this race spans so many people, teams, yeah. things. Tim Hardy is a Colorado Springs guy or close to it. He built that thing himself. Like, you look at the wing, he made that wing. He made the carbon on that car. Yeah. Like, it, he built that in his garage, and I am so proud of him for doing it because it is a monster. I mean, it's so cool. Out, he was saying that, like, he's, that his, he, he's done this nine times. He did it in the beginning with that E30 when it was basically stock, but it had, like, wider tires, five-speed. Up to 2020, it still had the five-speed when he started adding power. Right. But then he, like, fabricated the way, the way they made it, the transmission to the engine. He had to get a part, but then change the part. Like, he did it himself. And what's so rad about Pikes Peak is you have people like him next to people like this, next to people like the prototypes, and everyone's kind of doing the same thing. And it's just a really cool event. I think yeah, it's really and I, I love the, the vibe around here because everybody just wants everybody else to have success. Yeah, because yeah, it's you versus the mountain. It's not you necessarily versus... 
you know, this car. I mean, we'd like to we'd like to beat some cars. Don't yeah. get, don't get me wrong, but yeah, you're right. It's a, it's against the mountain, and you always want the best for your competitor. You just you just want to do well yourself. You want to do better than AMG World, right? That, that, exactly, <laughs> that's right. And maybe Porsche World. There, there is no. Is there an AMG representation here at all? I haven't seen uh, any I AMG so. representation. I don't believe so. No. No, they got to step their game up. <laughs> Porsche Colorado Springs really owns this joint. They're at real estate meetings. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, I, it's what's weird to me is that given the enthusiasm and, like, vibe for this event, that, like, we haven't been able to do more hill climbs. Like, we just, it's not, it's not expanded to, like, a national hill climbing culture. But I'll tell you, man, um, you know, I, I never thought I'd be a racer. Like, growing up as a kid, that was a, you know, I, I thought it was cool. I remember um, on TV when I was a kid watching uh, IMSA races back in the day, and I remember watching the hill climb, you know, wild, wide world of sports. And, you know, it's just iconic. This event is totally iconic. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's why it is kind of the thing. I mean, there's there's other hill climbs for sure, but there is nothing, I think, in the world like this one. Yeah. Well, this, this road is so gnarly. I mean, it's almost, I said it in another show, but it's almost like looking at the city of Monaco and going, I know, Grand Prix racing. You know, looking at this mountain and go, uh, yeah, I know, let's race this motherfucker. Right. You know, it, it almost doesn't make sense because it's so gnarly. Right. Um, and it's so long. Mm-hmm. You know, hill, cl- hill climbs are usually a minute. You know, Goodwood, what is it, a minute and 30? Right, right. Or not even. Isn't Goodwood like 40-something seconds? Yeah, it's super like short. You know, yeah. and, Have you done Mount Washington or any of the other I ones? haven't. No, okay. I don't aspire to be a hill climber. This is the only one I come to, and I don't know why I come here. Well, yeah, why do you come here? I, I, mean, I don't know. Well, I'll tell you. Optima batteries. So when, we, <laughs> when, I, when I got fired off on this whole thing, you know, the, in 2017, they, they asked me, what are the most iconic motorsports events in the world? And I, and I started thinking about U.S. events, and they're like, no, 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 world. And But it, even though this is in the U.S., I think this truly ranks up there. Yeah. I didn't realize they were going to follow up with, okay, now we should do that. Yeah. And so, you know, we do that, and that's why I'm here. Optima's good people. I like their I like their red tops. The red tops are fire. Yeah, yellow tops in my car because you never Why know the when you top? because if I have you know that thing does have a lot, a lot of electronics. We oh. suck like 300 amps. Yeah. And if I have a problem with an alternator or wiring or something like that, I have enough juice in the battery to get me to the top. Oh, well, that's interesting. So you yeah, you could actually finish the race on battery. Yeah, for if sure. If you needed to. That's wow. interesting. Yeah. yeah, and if you need a jump we have some extra. Yeah. You, you have the coolest EV setup. This is the best purpose I've ever seen for one of these vehicles. This, I, like this truck is not. It's not a perfect automobile. It has. It has a few drawbacks. But as a vehicle for people like us to have in an event like this, I don't think there's any. Thing better. Yeah. This thing rules. Dude, the front is like an awning. We don't have any. I know we have a whole studio. This is great. It's awesome. All we have to do is like walk up, open the thing, and like we're recording. It's like, and it's raining. Like yeah. it's great. <laughs> this is so good. Well, James, have a great race. Thanks, guys. Stay safe out there. Uh, put the reins on. I think. Oh, there goes Dio Sahara. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize. Here's something I didn't know about uh, Pike's Peak is that people who have done this before put fucking sirens on their cars to drive through the crowd to get to the start line. <laughs> yes. Like the fourth car I've seen with a siren well, on it. Well, the electric cars are required to make a sound. Oh, so, so make two, a fun sound. So two years ago, one of the cars we were covering, I won't name them, they didn't put a siren on. There was, the tech said, you need a fucking siren. So they had to tape the horn. So the whole... The whole <laughs> run of the Tesla Model 3 <laughs> in the horn, yeah. That's nice, nice. Be prepared, people. <laughs> read, the book. Right. read the rule book. Thank you, James. Appreciate right. it. BimmaWorld.com. Get your BMW you. parts. Zach and I are both E46 owners, so we will need proud many. Of you guys. A lot of so proud of you guys. We will need many. We'll be back. 
the race was, uh, I mean, just as we were sitting in the traffic going up to the start line, the fog was so thick. Visibility was very was bad at horrible. the lower end. I mean, it was, you know, you could maybe see to the next turn and the next turn being 200 feet away. Like yeah. when I when I was at the start line waiting for Rod Millen to come by, I could he was parked like, like 200 the, feet from the, me yeah. and I could not see him. Yeah. Yeah. The the in-car video that we've watched from various people, it looks so sketchy. Yeah. Memorizing the course was more important than ever because you literally couldn't drive what you saw. Like if you were driving what you were seeing, you were going 30. Yeah, I watched I watched Randy Pope's in car and the word he used that really hit stuck with me was survival. He was like, I knew I wasn't gonna set any records. Yeah. So it was just about surviving and like, you know, going, he was going quick, yeah. but uh, you know, the lower section was foggy. The upper section was raining and also cloudy. And then you have the concerns, there's, there's snow on the side of the road. I mean, it was, it must have been very intimidating. Yeah, uh, even in the pit. I mean, in the, in the pits, it was wet. Uh, in the pits, it was really foggy and windy. The wind was. It was like being in a cloud. I mean, the pits are at ninety four hundred feet or ninety five hundred yep. feet, and so it's. I can just imagine, and I, I'm sure I said this on at least one of the shows, having practiced for several days in the sun, and in clear weather, only to show up. And have it be a total like whiteout, basically. What's it, is it? Well, a whiteout is snow, right? What's a, a, a could a whiteout just out? be fog? Is that I don't a gray know. Out? What is that? I'm not sure. It's an out. It it's was fucking it was out. out. You couldn't see. You, you, just, you it's, could not it see. It was blind as a motherfucker. Uh, can you pull up the uh, the race results? That's what I'm getting right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, the second car to go. I mean, the first car to go was a a, the, a pace car, right? It was a Tesla. Model S like pace car, and I don't know who was driving it. But right after that, the next guy to go was Levi Shirley in this like basically an off road. So it's an buggy. Ultra Four buggy, yeah, yeah, that he had just that he put road tires, roadish tires on. Um, and this motherfucker, very first run up the hill, had the run of the day. I mean, like the run of the day by far. Because he rolled it at Engineer's Corner, and I've seen the in-car video. Uh, it's on his, Levi Shirley's Instagram. We could probably play. Uh, we could probably play that video. It was wild as hell. It's he just gets to. I think it's Engineer's Corner, right? Yep. Gets to Engineer's Corner. Clearly uh, can't uh, can't see. Corner really sneaks up on him. Gets understeer. Uh, rolls the car. I mean, you could see in this and video. So, for context, this corner. Are we sharing this video? Can we play it? Uh, yeah. Um, this corner is known for a place where noobs crash a lot, and it's a weird thing because when when you're taking a tour of the mountain, you go, well, it's not tighter than any other corner here. But what I think Tanner Faust explained is that it you're coming off of this flowing section that's one of the fastest sections in the entire mountain. The lower yeah. section is where people make a lot of their speed, and then if you don't see you know, the trigger, as James uh, calls it, you uh, don't know where you are, and you're going real fast. So he, it's you, the visibility here is like 100 feet. It's not good. This corner sneaks up on him real quick, 
understeer off the road, rolls into the woods, and isn't even he isn't even stopped for no. half a second. As soon as he lands on the wheels, he's back in gear, drives it out, and then finishes the finishes the race. It's the most off-road racing thing I've ever seen. It's, it's so, so gnarly. Like I mean, he's going fast. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's a hairpin, locks him up. Rolls Dude, over, lands on the wheels, and just, just right back on the right road. back out. He's not even off the course. I don't think it cost him more than three or four seconds. That's a good point. <laughs> like, Let's go back. Let's count. How it many seconds amazing. does this crash cost him? Because he's Here's, going like 100. From here, 1, 1,000, 2, 1,000, 3, 1,000, 4, 1,000, 5, 1,000, 6, 1,000, 7, 1,000, 8. Eight seconds, he's back on the tarmac. Jeez. And and getting after it. I mean, he yeah. did the whole rest of the thing like at speed. Look, he just rips a tear off on his goggle, and there and he then goes. He's just going. And yeah. if you watch the rest of his in car, it's not easy and it's not slow. Yeah, <laughs> it's so it's just, That's the run of the year. I yeah, mean, oh, for sure. other he wasn't the fastest, but that is the fucking run of the year. I mean, I know I, I know I've told you this. Uh, I ran into Jeff Swart like very soon after that, and his eyes got big, and he went. Never seen that before. Yeah. I mean, he's been there for 30 years, yeah. and, he, and he had this face of, like, I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we spoke to David Donner. He was he was trying to break the uh, the production car record. And production, I may have, I may have confused in a, in a previous um, show, production doesn't necessarily mean 100% stock. You could, there are a few changes you can you can make, and they told us what those changes were uh, later. So you know you take out the, the the regular seats, right, and you have to put in a roll cage. So there's that. You are also are allowed to run race gas and an appropriate tune for that. Mm-hmm. So this car, which was a 992 Turbo S, um, it was base it was stock hardware. But you could fiddle with the computers, so that's so. So, what I was told, and this is like within the rules, like right, it had a hundred octane tune, and it was running race gas. So that's good, even on a completely stock car. That's good for like eighty horsepower. Um, And then also, um, some Porsche Motorsport guys could fiddle with the traction control system a little bit, and make it go more off than it normally can go. Oh, like wow. apparently even on the streetcar, it's full off isn't like full off. And so they they reprogrammed it for full, full off. Like there's certain certain things like the yaw control that you can't turn fully off. Um, so with the stability control going on for a long yeah. time. So they yeah. were able to do that. But still, okay, hundred octane tune and and a fully off traction control system on a, in a otherwise stock car on street tires is second overall. And obviously he didn't break the production car record because the visibility and the the it was the, wet. You just you know, it's it a just wasn't lap. going to happen. Yeah. He was like twenty well, the production car record I think was ten oh six and he did a ten thirty four. So okay, fine. Can you know conditions as Joey Seely told us, the biggest competition is the mountain. Right. right. The weather in the mountain. And the and the conditions with this it made any all-wheel drive vehicle immediately have a big advantage. You know, I mean, that's something yeah. that they had talked about anyway. But when we're looking at the times right now, like Reese Millen in Joey's car, 
ran a 1052, which is a rear-wheel drive car, you know, rear-wheel drive only. And uh, Donner was all-wheel drive. Uh, Robin Schuette. I mean, and yeah, David car. Donahue was driving a GT2 RS Club Sport modified, mm-hmm. and David Donner was was. It's a second faster than him in a stock nine. You know what I mean? It's crazy, like that's, right? And these are like these are both very good drivers. Like on any yeah. given day, one of those drivers could beat the other one. Like I think they're in terms of experience and skill level, they're basically on the same. You know, it's not like oh, one of these drivers is way better than the other one. They're basically they're both amazing. It was like that all-wheel drive system, the rear steer of the 992 with the hairpins like it just helps you get that traction down absolutely so and something we better. talked with like James and other people is that having front wheel drive motors in addition to rear is like getting around those hairpins you're not laying all the power laying big black tire marks you know you're getting out of the hole yeah it helps a ton Robin shoot um, one overall with a, with a 1009 he was driving like a, a like a LMP car basically right. yeah, like it, a was a wolf, LMP it was car. a wolf uh, something something um, that had a mountain based engine in it his run is crazy he's got a lot of experience he had a lot of uh, very talented engineers uh, helping work on the car but fundamentally it was like it's like it, it looks like if you took the front of an Indy car and made it to the back of an LMP2 car yeah like it's actually open wheel at the front with a big wing like an Indy car from 10 years ago and then after the radiator pods on the side, it's got a filled-in rear end like an LMP car. So it's it's like halfway between the two. Um, crazy, crazy fast. And also, you know, if you watch, um, you know, Robin Shoot's in-car video, which I saw on Instagram, he he obviously knows that road very, very well. Oh yeah, because he was driving way beyond the. Visibility, yeah. I mean, he he was demonstrating it. He was driving it like a road course. Yeah, you know, like you just know where the corners are, which is a road course. If you do a hundred laps, okay, you can do a hundred laps in a day. Yeah, you, could, you know, and to do a hundred laps at Pikes Peak means you probably have to go thirty times because these guys don't get to practice the full course ever. Yeah, ever they got to stitch it all together. So to have that kind of knowledge is so impressive. Yeah, and his footage, like this term gets thrown around, but like it looks sped up. It really, the it most, looks like, how are you going this fast in this kind of blind condition? Yeah, it's real crazy. And then so so he, he fucking took it home and well-deserved. But let's go back to the results. Um, the, uh, oh, Cody Vashultz, uh, fourth overall, was that was the super home-built, sketchy-looking thing. Yeah. It really, really gnarly-looking. Yeah. Looked like a death trap. Um, it was basically just a bunch of tubes and a twin turbo V8 in the back. And this was a guy who used to race motorcycles until they wouldn't let him anymore. Right. You know, they canceled the motorcycle uh, class. So if you pull up pictures of Cody Vashultz, it's mostly motorcycles. There's a, yeah, there's, there's a photo of the... I think that's the oh, there's a better photo, bottom left, bottom left corner. It looks almost like a sprint car, like a sprint midget car, but like it looks like the kind of thing you'd see racing on an oval in fucking Alabama. Basically. Yeah, it kind of does. Huge wing, uh, with no like a real shield. old school air cleaner just sticking I out like of the it, top, yeah. like just round air cleaner. Looks like it's right out of the '70s or something. 
Very low tech. Very. And when uh, they were moving that car around, it was on truck tires, and uh, it just looked strange. <laughs> but it was just the way they would move it around before they drop it on the street tires. Yeah. Uh, super fast, very hairy. Yeah, I'm sure. Very, very hairy. Uh, go back to Manual the- Manual shift, too. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, you know, Reese uh, didn't do as well as they had hoped, but that was really conditions driven. And also, apparently, he woke up on race day feeling really ill. Sick. Yeah. yeah. He might have had COVID. Like, I don't know. He had something where he, uh, he sat in the trailer until it was right right yeah. before his time to drive. Like, yeah. we didn't see him in the pit at all for six hours. Yeah. And uh, and, I, and Rod Mill, you know, Zwart did really well in his 935 Turbo, uh, Porsche 935, mm -hmm. um, a little bit behind, uh, behind Reese. I mean, eight seconds off of Reese, you know, Jeff's in his 70s. You know, Jeff. I mean, six seconds off. And yeah, yeah. Uh, and and Reese had a faster car. Yeah, you know, uh, Jeff had a had a, a stock. Uh, I mean, it was a nine thirty five, so it's not slow, but it's a stock vehicle. It's mm -hmm. based on a road car. You know, Reese's car is a was a heavily modified race car. Um, and then of course Rod Millen with his crazy Tacoma. Uh, Dude, he put up a fucking time. He put up eleven oh six running on running on wastegate boost. The, the lowest amount of boost that and his his video when we were watching it live there he was moving yeah I mean, he he I think in some of the sections um, the hairpins and stuff he wasn't getting out of them you know kind of like the some of the other more powerful cars were but on um, on the straightaways and the inertia sections like he was flying dude uh because I think that car, it's a four-cylinder. It's like a yeah. 2.1 liter that yeah. makes 1,000 horsepower in, in full boost. So he had a little bit of lag, and you could hear it. But when he left the start line, it's a rolling start, and it's on a curve, which is weird, but whatever. Uh, he went through that section faster than anyone I had seen all day. I'd yeah. been standing down there for like an hour. And I was like, what? I mean, yeah. he was not going, oh, this is just an exhibition. I'm here to show these people with this car again. I mean, he went after it. Uh, and there's a really cool clip on his Instagram and I think Larry Chen's of him coming into Glen Cove, like, and uh, he touches the paint with a wheel and oh, just he gets, gets a, a massive wiggle, oversteer. Gets yeah. a little oversteer, but he's it's at 110 miles an hour <laughs> yeah. with people on either side of the road, and you know he catches it and then just, I mean, he rails up the mountain through the snow and everything. It yeah, amazing. It was uh, it was awesome to see him uh, him him go, and he was only what uh, a 12 seconds off of off of Reese but I think he was actually quicker than Reese in a couple he of was. sections yeah yeah Reese said it was pretty cool that his dad was quicker in sections like you know I think like one and three or yeah. something and uh, the two BMWs um, James Clay who we talked to just a little bit ago in the e36 like super heavily modified they, and then uh, Tim Hardy in that wild e30 that was one of our favorite cars yeah they were only uh, two tenths wow. uh, apart. That's awesome. Uh, from uh, from finishing and and it that's really you know surprising. I would have expected. I mean, uh, Tim Hardy must be an incredible driver. Um, I would have expected if you just looked at the two cars that there was more than two tenths of a second uh, performance between them. Yes. Um, I don't know how much power Tim's making, but seven fifty. So seven fifty. So James said they're making like twelve hundred yeah. the wheel. It's a twin turbo V eight, full carbon body crazy arrow and yeah. then tim harding is a e30 also aggressive arrow with um with a dual clutch dual clutch and turbocharged yeah um but i mean man, also like amazing. it might not just be power and and weight it could also be 
visibility, mm-hmm. you know, it could be a variety of other things. Yeah, we don't, I don't know when the two of them ran or how far apart they were, but I know Tim's done this nine times. I think James said James four. Four? Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many factors with yeah. this. So many variables. Like, it, it's just amazing as an event. It is crazy. Um, it was, uh, and our friend, uh, our friend James Robinson, who gave us a tour of the mountain, had mechanical issues with his car and unfortunately was not able to race. Uh, his brother Nick, um, in a, a more stock NSX, did 11.14. Uh, James's car had much more aero on it and, and probably would have gone 10 or 15 seconds faster than that. But the stock NSX with Nick Robinson did 11.14. 11, um, Johnny did a, what, a 13... Something our friend Cam Ingram won that class. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Rob Holland in the GT4 RS did a. Well, where go back up? Where was oh. he? He did eleven fifty eight. Eleven fifty. Yeah, eleven forty eight. Excuse me. Um, and uh, and uh, Cam Ingram finished first in his class. That Porsche. Uh, that Porsche uh, Trophy, the GT4 class, 11.22. So actually, uh, Cam Ingram and, you know, Rob Holland, who was an amazing driver, yeah. uh, had 100 horsepower on Cam Ingram with the GT4 RS, and Cam had him by 26 seconds. Cam wow. is a very good driver, very quick, and uh, and didn't just win his class. He like he smoked his class. Cam Ingram in a stock in a GT4 uh, Club Sport, which is a stock GT4 powertrain, uh, beat Randy in a thousand horsepower Tesla by two seconds. Wow! Like that's, that's a, amazing. That's pretty big. How far? How how far ahead was the next? Did you watch Randy's in car? Wait, keep. Uh, I know I saw the section where he uh, go down. I want to see the next. How much he beat the next Porsche by? Like, uh, keep going till you see Porsche. Twelve fifty-five was Lonnie Unser. So go twelve fifty-five. Lonnie Unser was second in class. And this guy also ran the Porsche, right? Didn't he? Yeah, that's Gosh, third. Okay. Yeah. So go back up. Twelve fifty-five is second in class, and Cam did eleven twenty. So a minute so and a half. A minute and a half difference in the same car. Big, that's a big deal. In an eleven-minute race, a minute and a half is a fuck ton. 100%, yeah, that's a fuck ton. And those cars all ran what, together, so it's not yep, like they were running different true. times they a ran day. Back to back to back to back. Yeah, to back. yeah. That's a huge difference. Yeah. Cam was fucking bonsaiing that shit. I, I want to watch his in-car video. That's very impressive. I didn't. I didn't realize how much he had won by. That's a lot. I mean, he was. Even Johnny said that Cam was like. 20 seconds faster than him in a section yeah. qualifying, but a minute and a half in those conditions uh, is a ton. I think, I, I bet that highlights the knowledge too, because he's done this three times and Lonnie yeah. and Johnny is their first time. Yeah. I think uh, Giles is their first time. Um, it should be said that Randy Popes had to slow down and loosen his belts to wipe off his windshield yeah. at one point. And yeah. like, and he knew he wasn't going to win. He was going quick, but then at that point he slowed down to like I don't know, if fifteen. You can't, yeah, if you can't he, yeah. see, I mean, if you're and, if you're literally wiping the windshield with your hand, you're not. You're going <laughs> you're, five. You're not now. going to win anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Randy could have gone faster if he could see, but that's you know that's what like Joey said. It's you versus the mountain. You know, it's the fucking if it's the if it's your turn to be, have the shit kicked out of you by the mountain. You know what are you going to do? Yeah, it's just there's there's nothing you can do there. Um, I mean, but, in a way, it's it's a bummer. 
I'm so happy that all of our friends did it and they did, you know, everyone was safe and everyone on the mountain was safe in general. Um, but it is a bummer that everyone, we, we kind of got, I got really invested all week with how much effort our friends had put into this, whether mm. it was like Johnny and Cam who just showed up and drove, but they did a lot of training or Joey and Reese who built and developed a whole car or, you know, Batim with the Huna Pegasus, like it's a fuck ton of work to get to this place and you have one day, one shot. And if the weather doesn't cooperate or something else goes wrong, it's yeah. like, well, you got to wait a year. Yeah. You know? It's, uh, and how shitty it was getting to the fucking mountain. It took us two hours to go 16 miles, which being from LA, you know, we're more used yeah, to that we, than we most. We got calluses for that. But, and thank God for fucking radar crews in the F-150 Lightning. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that it was electric. Like, I, I didn't feel bad going, you know, Oh yeah, like stop dude. and go and it, with a V8. Oh, it's it would have been, like, it been awful. I mean, ha that's, that's where one of the places that electric cars are just so much nicer. If you've got to do that, stop and go, stop and go, stop yeah. and go. It's so much nicer. And if you're just sitting there, you don't have the vibrations of the engine and all that kind of shit. It was just smooth. And, and, and you know, shout out to BBI and Ken, who uh, obviously didn't need their pit spot, but were willing to uh, give it to us and assign it to us because if we didn't have that pit spot, we would not have been able to get the content uh, for for the show that we're doing right now. Yeah, I mean, so for people like Musto, he said he parked a mile down the road. So yeah. the, the general population that shows up, there are some premier parking spots like in lots. Super expensive. Very expensive. And then I mean, like pit, in the pit woods. Lots are, yeah, they're in the woods. <laughs> and you still have to walk a little ways. And yeah. then um, everybody else, they just park parallel park on the side of the road in the forest kind yeah. of. And credit to like the fans that went, people just put on their rain shit, carried their chairs, and they walked like a mile or more and stayed most of the day. Like it was pretty busy. It and was a because full of event. the fog, there was no helicopter video either. Mm -hmm. There's usually helicopter coverage. So the stream and the screens that we were watching in the pits were just like not great because yeah. they were only the fixed cameras. They weren't the. Um, at some point, there was a red flag or something, and during the red flag, they were able to shuttle some other cameramen up the hill, and they got some additional angles. But like normally, there's a helicopter, and there you, is, you, but it's not a live broadcast helicopter. Oh, it's I think not. I had that wrong. I was talking to JF, and they're they're saying like they can't live broadcast from the helicopter down to stream. Oh, it's really? Just like uh, the cost involved with the, whatever the tower is, is oh, crazy. I they could. Well, no, they capture the helicopter so that they can then give or sell that footage to various documentary teams Well, yeah, later. Joey, Joey was like, am I going to get my helicopter feedback? He should, right? Yeah. Because he said, he said the, the, it's like three grand. Uh, yeah. It's thousands of dollars to get that helicopter footage. Yeah, when we did the doc, we bought six yeah. cars worth. Yeah. Um, and, and we met that guy that was doing like the 30 for 30 doc. Like, I feel bad for them because the assets they're going to get are going to look one, very different from practice days, but right. two, like they don't have the helicopter coverage either. Yeah. Covering that mountain is really hard. Yeah, I can, I, I, I'm sympathetic. Like it's, yeah. it's in the middle of nowhere. There's no cell service. There's no infrastructure. You know, you, what are you going to run up cables a mile up the hill? Like, I don't even know if you could they do did. that. They That's, do? The, the cameras that were being broadcast uh, to that big screen, mm -hmm. I heard were cables. Wow. So they ran They ran miles of cables. cables. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, guess, I guess they do. But to your point. That's why there's five angles, not 17. Yeah. You know, it's not like an NFL game where it's like, go to two, go to seven, go to yeah. medium. It's just, you, there's there's too much coverage, too much area to cover, and, and it's very, very difficult. Yeah. So. But, I mean, I, I really enjoyed our week. 
Um, it was really interesting and fun. And the fact that so many of our friends were there, um, both racers and engineers and, and journalists were, were all there. Uh, it was a great, great social experience as well. Met a lot of fans. Mm-hmm. They were all very nice. Um, and, and the lightning was like perfect. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was actually like, it couldn't have been more perfect for the thing that we needed to do, um, that, that week. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it perfect, was, absolutely perfect vehicle for the tasks that we had yeah. and that we created. Yeah. You know, the cooking we created and that we had to do podcasts, it was perfect. Yeah. I, I could not have asked for, for a better, more appropriate vehicle that for those series of tasks. And the first uh, episode of that is already up. People seem to enjoy it. So I hope it's the kind of thing we can we can do again in the future. It's it's hard. They don't They don't really make it. It's not anyone's fault, but if you've never been before, even if they tell you what's going on, it's there's a lot of like insidery lingo and knowledge, and so you you don't really know where to go to see the stuff the best, yeah. You know, and what time you need to be there, and like what the lines really look like, and that kind of shit, and everything that happens so fucking early in the morning. It's like you have to get used to your day being two a.m. to ten a.m. Yep, which is just really hard. Um, but then also eat dinner at six. But so yeah, yeah but it's, it's a weird thing. Yeah, and there's all your friends there, so you want to like drink and shit. But like, you if you do, you're just fucked. I've been exhausted for two days since we got back. I feel I'm starting to feel normal now. I know, you know the recovery is interesting. I feel very unhealthy, even though I went to the gym every day while we were there. We I did. Still that was feel, great. I still feel very unhealthy. Um, what I what I think is really cool about the event is the access fans have, kind of like FD, where if you get a ticket, you can just walk around the pit. I mean, it's no like, oh, this is VIP pit and this is other thing. It's just like, it's kind of grassroots. So it's just like people have easy ups and that's it. Like yeah. there's the biggest trailer was like the Bilstein one and the Optima one. But otherwise, people would have to drop well, their cars. Well, it's interesting that you can't have down. a trailer. Like because of the hairpins on the mountain and the fact that there's practice paddocks all the way up the hill. Right. You're, whatever trailer you bring has to be able to make it up the mountain. Yeah. So. That's why people bring like ramp trucks and rollbacks or these like converted box trucks instead of like their normal 48 foot race hauler, which where you literally couldn't make the hairpins. Like there's a limit to the size of your trailer. So even if you're a very well funded high end team, you're not going to show up with a giant transporter. Like it right. just doesn't work. <laughs> so you have to have something small. Yeah, I think. Everyone just had single car trailers, yeah, or or the ramp truck like uh, like Zwart has, yeah, you know, something like that. Um, yeah, it's just cool because it's so accessible and like you know you can't go to the start start line, uh, but if you just walk on the outside fence, you can walk past it and yeah. like and that's and you're not breaking the rules. There's yeah. just they only want a certain number of people at the actual start line because it could get very crowded and that's for the race teams. But you can basically walk anywhere you want and just. I don't know, be smart about where you stand, but you can get really cool vantage points. Yeah, it's a really, really neat event. So uh, thank you to all the uh, the Pikes Peak um, yellow vests and organizers mm-hmm. that allowed us to do the things that we needed to do, um, get get where we needed to get, see what we needed to see. Um, all the, the racers and engineers and everyone that uh, got on the mic with us and helped us make some interesting content. And uh, I hope to uh, I hope to be back. We have a couple questions, about five, real quick. Uh, for, from our Pikes Peak stuff. Uh, let's see. Prashan says, uh, in general, are Pikes Peak cars set up for understeer or oversteer? It was hard to judge, but I saw 
like Cody Vashaltz and some of the people driving cars like that in the wet, the cars were understeering. So him and uh, like he was fixing the cornering with oversteer. So mm-hmm. he's in the hairpins. He's stabbing throttle and going into drifts on a lot of corners. Yeah, so I think. It just depends on the conditions, you know. I, mean, I think they're set up for max grip. Yeah, honestly, I mean, and and if it's dry out, it's just all about keeping the tires stuck to the ground. I don't, I don't, I think the more the more professional the driver, the more they want it set up for oversteer versus understeer. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't look that carefully. Um, <laughs> obviously, uh, Levi. So Levi Strauss understeered right. <laughs> into off of engineer's quarter. Laid on the brakes in the wet. That's yeah. what's going to happen to yeah. you. Yeah. Um, but I saw other drivers that where the back end was sliding all over the place. I mean, so it was, it, it was you know, a lot of these cars have so much power that it doesn't even matter if they're so, how they're set up. 1,200 horsepower, yeah. you're going you're gonna to get the back loose straight up. I mean, wasn't uh, didn't David Donner say he was lighting up all four in, yeah. in the dry yeah. in, with all-wheel drive and practice days? Yeah. So. Uh, James Cowley uh, talk, uh, said the McMurdy electric fan car at Goodwood was super wild. Oh, uh, how long until we see a fan car up Pikes Peak? Um, better question might be how would a fan car be effective at high altitudes? Uh, I plan to talk about the McMurdy thing on the, the next crew show, which okay. is on my list. But um, in general, you know, the the wings as we talked about with uh some of the other drivers the wings have to be very very pronounced because the air is so much thinner so any type of aerodynamics that work effectively at regular elevations have to be extremely enlarged Mm -hmm. to work up there so i don't know how big a fan you need to create uh, you know, a lot of these racers were not necessarily talking about their under tray designs. They have giant front wings and giant rear wings and giant diffusers. Um, where I, I'm sure a flat under tray helps, but you need more than that. So I don't know how big a fan you would need to be effective at that type of altitude, but it would have to be three or four times the size of whatever you're using at sea level. Yeah, the efficiency drops by, I'm sure there's a mathematical formula, but it's gonna either have to spin faster or have steeper blades or whatever. So I don't know how it would work at 9,000 to 14,000 feet. Yeah. I hope we get to, I hope we hear that answer one day. I'd like to ask someone who's an expert in aerodynamics how altitude might affect fan cars. Um, I, but it would have to be if the fan if the fan itself is 12 inches wide, you know, to work at sea level, it would have to look like a fucking airboat. You yeah, know? Maybe. it would have to be gigantic. Or it's just going to be it's not going to make the same downforce. It's because I you know at sea level that thing's making I don't know let's call it 4,000 pounds static. Yeah. So it's not going to be doing that. So the yeah. driver has to get used to that, um, which would be an interesting thing to adjust. Yeah. Uh, Andy in Colorado, how funny is it that a stock 2022 Turbo S came in second overall? I mean, it's I, I, when we were there, I was like, where's Porsche to make a commercial about this? Oh, they will. I mean, they probably will. There will probably be a print ad at the very least. But it, I, we've said it. We've driven it. I mean, that Turbo S uh, lightweight that we drove is bananas fast. And in conditions that are less than ideal – the technology that that car offers um, versus an even more powerful and lighter race car, that technology works. 
the rear steer, the torque vectoring, the all-wheel drive, the dual-clutch gearbox, like, that shit works. It's not just, it's not bullshit. Right. Um, was it was it Donner? I forget if it was Donner or, you know, one of the other guys we were talking to. They were like, dude, if we were at, if you showed up with this 2022 Turbo S at the 1995 24 Hours of Le Mans, you could probably win outright. <laughs> you know, like you could win the you could probably win the GT class take the overall. in this stock car. You know, it's it's because we were talking about McLaren F ones or something, and they were they were like, yeah, this you know those things are they're fast, but you know the fast today, you know street car fast today compared to street car fast from from 25 or 30 years ago, you you could probably win outright 24 hours of Le Mans with a car like this. Um, today with with no other modifications it's just insane the amount of performance that's available to the general public right um uh let's see <laughs> uh pierre pierce gallo 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 i can't read it from here guy i think it's gallo given the somewhat forced nature of the name hunapigasis agreed what do you think of travis pastrana's family huckster subaru gl so good. It's not a bad name. I no, like that name. name. I think it's a pretty good name. And he, uh, it's a play on for those of you who don't know the family truckster, which is from National Lampoon's Vacation. I think it's a good name. And the car is awesome. And he ran at he ran Festival really Speed fast at Goodwood. Did he get second or I, fourth? Like it was top five yeah. for sure. And the, it looked it looked quick too. Yeah, and like it was, the video looked really quick. It's got some really neat active aero elements uh, that like when he hits the brakes there's like four different things that pop up like airplane flaps uh, to create uh, drag right. oh here we go and speaking of setup for oversteer it is set up for oversteer <laughs> yeah. if you watch his lap he's I mean it's just such great like rally style drifting um, and it flies and screams and it's yeah. such a cool project man yeah I, I th and I don't I don't think that name is forced at all I think no. that's a fun name totally it makes to makes great sense yeah that's a, it's a oh, very cool yeah, the flaps are all up there. I, I mean, how much do you think those work? Do you think those work? I don't think. I don't know if I'm they not do. Injured, but I, I, I doubt they do very much. But they look they're fucking cool. cool. I don't. I don't know. Are they pneumatic or do they just flip up when you hit the brakes? Based they on flip like, up when you hit. Oh no, it's not. They don't just like gravity pop okay, forward. So no, they're pushed. They are pushed up. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it probably does something. But speaking of aero, active aero, do you, I saw the Instagram video I sent you of the Zenvo wing. Yeah. Remember we? I what? Sh I forget what show we had. Was it with the with the racing was, drivers? Yeah. So, yeah. At, at Hypercar Invitational. Yep. We had a discussion with the racing drivers about the tilting Zenvo wing that leans into the corner to add downforce, which seemed like it would work well during sweepers, but none of the racing drivers were quite convinced uh, that it would actually uh, work. And it, someone just sent me a video. Uh, yeah, here's a photo of it tilting. Someone just sent me a video uh, on Instagram of a Zenvo getting some oversteer along and then counter steer and recovery and the, they did not have a crash. I believe it was from Goodwood. Yep. They didn't have a crash. The driver the driver uh, got it uh, got it back together, but it was very obvious the wing did not keep up. Yeah. The wing could not make the moves uh, fast enough to benefit a counter steer recovery emergency maneuver. And, and also. Like, let's say it's based on steering, right? Mm. So you're turning left and the, the wing leans left so that it shoves more downforce into that outside right, right, the right tires. But if you have to counter steer back to the right, 
if it snapped, if it reacted as quickly as your hands did, well, then suddenly it's pushing t- grip to the left. Yeah. And that, like, it just seems like it would be really confusing. And that's what the drivers, drivers were talking about. Yeah. They're like, I don't want this thing changing the dynamic of the car in a way that I'm not expecting. Right, yeah. So it seems like it couldn't keep up to an emergency situation. It's a weird idea. Uh, was there more, anything else there with the questions? Uh, Aiden, last one, Aiden Squires. How crazy is it that Ralph Murdoch is 82 years old and still racing in the Pikes Peak Hill Climb? I mean, dude, it's, it is. It's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's interesting because the, this race is a combination of speed and reflexes and skill, but also experience. Mm-hmm. So if he's been, if it's 82 years old and it's his first time, yeah, that's fucking nuts. But if it's if he's 82 and he's done it 25 or 30 times, the the experience probably benefits him. I mean, Jeff Swart is an elder gentleman. He's not like old old, but he's in his 70s. Rod Millen, 70s. Mm-hmm. You know, there there are guys who've been doing it for a while that that really enjoy it and keep it up into their 70s and in this case 80s. So I think I think experience you know adds to it and you're not it's not like you're racing wheel to wheel where someone's going to crash into you and you know potentially you have I mean yes it's risky you could crash you could get hurt but it's not as risky and dangerous as if you were racing wheel to wheel and someone could send you into a barrier at 150 miles an hour you know it'd be cool to ask one of the drivers like especially someone who's done it for maybe 20 years like where is that convergence point where uh, your bravery as you get older tends to go down and your reaction times go down, but maybe the knowledge continues to go up. So which one is more beneficial? Yeah. You know, like they say like a 20 year old F1 driver is probably quicker because they have no fear yeah. and their reactions are super, super quick. But yeah. maybe if you're 82, you're like, well, I know where every little pebble is on this road. Yeah. Um, and so you can just string a whole, like a perfect run together. Yeah. It's cool. So that concludes our uh, Pikes Peak coverage. Um, I hope three episodes wasn't too many. I hope we were able to keep it interesting for for three episodes worth of content. Um, Unfortunately, from a financial perspective, it's not worth us getting on a plane and getting hotels and going somewhere um, for just for just one show. We do have to do more than one show to make it worthwhile. But I hope we were able to get enough of a, a cross section of drivers and content and experiences for you guys to to find it interesting. Um, let us know if you did. Let us know if maybe it was a little too much. Um, so we can try and refine the, the formula. And thanks to, to Ford for giving us a lightning. We'll have a review of it next year. Next, excuse me, next week. Uh, even though we liked it very much, that doesn't make it perfect. There were certainly a couple of things that we found in our review to criticize about it. Um, we're not doing a we're not doing a commercial over here. We still review cars. Um, and uh, that's our show. See you guys next time. Bye. <laughs>